0: You're listening to Watching Friends on the HyperX Podcast Network. Welcome back to Watching Friends. We've returned with Season 3, Episode 11, the one where Chandler can't remember which sister hi i'm ryan and it sounds like mark something wants to have some sex and i'm not that mark i'm a different mark and those are some huge breasts
1: you have <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah i did notice in the notes that you spelt my name the same way as they uh spell his i
0: did just to you know just to make sure if he's <laughs> yeah. ever read that you're not some kind of sex pastors, okay you know i see
1: yeah yeah uh yeah i think we could replace mark's name with any guy's name and uh probably be fairly accurate with that
0: much like Point. just people like yeah. just people yeah. want the sex yeah. <laughs> yes yes we do yeah. um well i mean i was very excited to get this episode um i often talk about how when i'm looking for episodes and see which ones you get to do which one i get to lead and you seem to win more often than that at the moment but i got this one and i was like
1: yes well, yeah, we we haven't had uh ross and rachel in trouble relationship episode for a little while yeah uh, it's, it's been Pretty boring on, on that front for them too, so nice to have some spice come back in.
0: Yeah, some plain sailing, and you know, about time we had some stormy waters. Yep. Um, we start with the gang at Monica's, Minus Channeler, um, and Joey is demonstrating a card trick. Monica draws a card and shows the rest of the gang. She passes it back to Joey, and he clearly looks at it. The gang notice, but they decide not to mention it, which is weird. Sometimes Joey's dumb and the gang call him on it or muck him a little bit but in a friendly way and sometimes he's dumb and does stupid things and they just just let it ride as if he's a child
1: yeah well they he does say look look i'll I'll show you guys and like does it slowly and then does it super slow-mo i love the he does this like kind of he pulls a face like this like kind of nod and the smile and almost like a wink like "Mm, yeah 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 yeah, you got it guys like sort of thing (laughs) i love i love when he like does that anytime he's proud of himself yeah. and it, but he does it in slow motion for this is like oh yeah when I did it I was like
0: yeah so I was doing it <laughs> like no I slow this down like yeah. you wouldn't understand the concept <laughs> yeah. through words I have to demonstrate it again but yeah it's great but I do like how the can humour him occasionally
1: well it's like uh, I was you know last year I was on a on a trip and uh, the waiter was, like, doing tricks for, like, the, the kids that are in the restaurant and stuff like that. Nice. And he was just doing a simple one where he's got, like, a handkerchief, puts it into his hand, and it disappears. He did not have any sleeves or anything. And, like, I was fascinated by it because, like, how <laughs> the hell is he doing it? There's no sleeves. Like, it, I'm watching it close up, and it's going into his hand and then disappearing. What's he doing? And I could not figure it out. Did and you t- ask? I'm going to spoil it. I looked it up. Okay. I'm going to spoil it. Uh, they have a fake thumb. What? So there's a fake thumb on. So when they're like pushing it in to their hand, they're actually pushing it into a fake thumb that they've got in their hand. And then the thumb is like, you know, put on the thumb that they've been pushing the, the handkerchief or whatever into. Um, and yeah, it should be really obvious. But you, because of the misdirection of them moving their hands around and stuff like that, you don't realize there is a fake thumb on their hand.
0: That's such a weirder explanation than I expected it to be. Yeah. I assume like it would be, you know, you get jazzled with some pizzazz, and then they just put it behind the hand or tuck it, but like oh, they got a fake thumb. It-
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the end of a f- end of a thumb. So they they basically have the handkerchief out. They put their the one hand into like a fist. They put their thumb into go look. You, there's nothing in there, is there? Look at this, and that's the misdirection bit because that's where they're taking off the fake thumb, getting the handkerchief. They push it into the fake thumb. And then the last push, they put the fake thumb back on their thumb again. And like, look, it's gone. And, you know, because they're waving their hands around and stuff, you don't realize. You're
0: looking for the handkerchief, not the, the fake. Yeah, yeah. What a, what a, I was like, that's very clever. I like it. What a lame and unsatisfying explanation.
1: <laughs> it, it, it is right. When you find it, you're like, oh, it's a fake thumb. But at the same time, I was like, that's so clever because I did not realize, even up because you're up close for this trick, to even notice that it's a fake thumb.
0: Do you remember when oh, many many years ago we'd have been teenagers at the time? You're gonna talk Sh- about the masked magician. Yeah, and Channel Five <laughs> had that show where like they revealed the tricks and like this guy was like hated and it was like, Woo, we hate him Well it
1: was like it was like this big build up and then everyone went, Oh, is that what his face
0: is? Who cares? Yeah. And he ruined his life after that, didn't they? Yeah, pretty much. His mask was cool though. Yeah. But all of it was like, like, he's ruining the magic. And I was like, yeah, but no one actually believes it's magic. Like, we like the fact that we can't work out how it happened.
1: Yeah, I really liked uh, Penn and Teller. Like, because they would, they would show you how tricks were done as well and, you know, dispel myths and rumours and stuff. Like, they did, like, a Ouija board episode where they, like, proved Ouija boards are fake. And I was like, that's really cool. Um, but then... They do like another show more recently where they actually get uh, magicians, not musicians, magicians, uh, who come on to try to impress Penn and Teller. And normally they're like, yeah, we know how you did this trick. You did this, this, and this. And sometimes they're like, we do not know how you did it. That's amazing. Like, you're you're coming on board, sort of thing. Uh, So, yeah, you know, magic tricks are exciting. And I think the actual finding out how they're done it can be just as exciting. Like, that's really clever what you've done.
0: Well, for me, it's one of those things where my intellectual curiosity is desperate to find out how it's done. Yeah. But then, like, the inner child in me is like, no, it's magic. Yeah. Just leave it alone. But, it, you know, if you had the answer in front of you, I don't know if I'd be able to not look at it. No. But I think I'd try to resist.
1: So, yeah. So I, I did like Joey's little trick there, uh, <laughs> even if it is really dumb.
0: I'm just like, when did Joey decide he had an interest in magic? Was he just bored one day, didn't have an audition for all magic tricks? Yeah, because
1: it used to be in the past, like, if you was into magician, you were not getting any women. No, magicians uh, but, are not cool. And I don't think they are now, even though, like, there are the street uh, magicians who are, like, the cool ones. Um, yeah, I think saying that you're into magic is still not seen as cool, unless you are David Blaine or... Any of the other like street magicians because they're it's probably more their personality and what they're doing
0: rather than the yeah. magic trick. I think a lot of it like that kind of stuff. Same with musicians to an extent is that it takes so much preparation and dedication and practice around the actual performance, whether it's a magic trick or a gig. That they're actually they're actually quite boring normally as people. You're like, Oh, yeah. this person's a rock star on stage. And it's like yeah, but they've spent like fifty hours that week sat at home like practicing that riff over and over so they could get it right. Yeah, not that it's not cool. It's just they you know that the image of what they're like for the moment in performance is very different to their day-to-day life. Yeah, it takes it's, a lot it's like of work.
1: going up so comedian going tell a joke. Like it doesn't
0: work like that. Yeah, they may not be that funny people in day-to-day. No. They could just, you know, they got it right in comedy doesn't mean they naturally naturally funny. No. But still. Let's get back to friends. Um, we hear some loud footsteps from above. Uh, Monica and Rachel have a new upstairs neighbor. Uh, you can hear footfalls echoing in the girl's apartment, and Monica explains that she's been upstairs and asked him to keep it down, but apparently he's so charming, she ends up apologising to him. She probably needs a,
1: a mister Heckles Heckle-style broom to just bash on the ceiling, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, I've, I've lived in an apartment in audience before, um, and for the most part, there wasn't that much kind of noise. No, most
1: modern ones are built properly, so you can't hear above. But
0: The yeah. worst thing was either drunk students coming out of the lift, um, it was a city centre apartment So it was full of students International students At like 2am on a like, weekday And you have like Bloody students Or One of our neighbours down the hall Had a really small Like yappy Tiny chihuahua type dog And It would go for a walk And just Yap The entire length of the corridor Until it got in the lift And didn't matter what time of the night or day it was You would just hear it, it yeah. Didn't matter and, Like Loud Xbox I'm like, a big dog And <laughs> for Christ's sake They're taking the dog for a walk It was, it was a nightmare um, but Phoebe's is having none of this because she's tough and from the streets, and she's Phoebe. Um, so she heads upstairs to give him what for. Uh, then Joey explains what he did with the trick, yep. which is cool. Uh, but muffled through the ceiling, we hear Phoebe's attempt to tell the upstairs neighbour off, but she fails as well as he charms her too.
1: I did like the noises. It, it reminds me of The Sims. Yeah. Like, so they are speaking like almost Simlish, where you can kind of make out words
0: and what they're saying, but it's not. Actual words. Yeah, It's well, you can get a tone. It's like... Rah, 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 rah. Yeah. And it's like, you have no idea what I'm saying, but you know that, you know, it didn't go well. Phoebe's plan backfired. And then we get the opening credits, which I still still watch.
1: <laughs> I can't skip it. I, I mean, every season uh, is slightly different, right? So it's always enjoyable to see, I guess, what's coming up or what's, what's happened. Sometimes, depending on how they
0: mix them up. Weirdly, I don't watch them on a lot of shows. I always skip it on Buffy for some reason. Don't know why.
1: Uh, sometimes. It's got a bit of a slow start, hasn't it, where it does the whole old-fashioned music, and you're like, oh, it's going to be typical.
0: Well, the first couple of seasons have the whole, one in generate the little speech about the Slayer being chosen. I'm like, nope, don't need to do this again. No. I know it at the back of my hand.
1: No, I, but friend, Friends is quite pacey,
0: I guess. And, and certainly the music is as well. As much as I hate clip shows in TV shows, I like seeing, like, oh, what, what's in this season? It's almost like a little yes. season refresher before exactly, the episode, yeah. which is quite cool. Uh, but then we get our first clip of the show, and Chandler went to apartment and wants to know if anyone's got a rope.
2: Hey.
3: Right.
2: Anybody got a length of rope, about six feet long, little noose at the end?
3: <laughs> Honey, what's the matter?
2: I just saw Janice. Oh. Yeah, she was at Rockefeller Center skating with her husband. She looks so happy. I almost feel bad for whipping that kid's pretzel at them. Man, I remember the first time I saw that girl, Catherine, after we broke up. She was just walking with her friend, Donna, just laughing and talking. God, killed me. Yes, but you ended up having sex with both of them that afternoon. <laughs> Sorry, just any excuse to tell that story. You know? <laughs>
4: hey, Chandler, uh, there's a party tomorrow. You'll feel better then. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna be okay. You don't have to
2: throw a party for me. It's Joey's birthday. Oh well, then if anybody should have a party, it should be him.
0: It is tough seeing exes sometimes. Oh, it can
1: be. It's it's almost like looking at uh, your school friends on Facebook, where you're like, oh, who got fat? Who got ugly? Who (laughs) who like you know ruined their life? And then some people be like, oh, actually, they're
0: doing quite well. I mean, I was going to say it can be hard not to feel bitter and then you were like, I hope they got fat. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> I, think, I
1: think if it is an issue, even if you, you still have feelings for him, you still kind of hope that things haven't gone their way to, to make you feel a bit better about yourself.
0: And I think a lot of it depends on probably the breakup and kind of why it yeah. came to an end. Um, but, you know, you've got to be a adult about it. Like, you know, it doesn't work out, you move on. Or you whip savoury food up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's one or the other, apparently.
3: Um.
0: Yeah, but it can be tough, but I don't think I've ever... Oh, I've definitely never thrown food at somebody. That um, no, does sound fun, though. It does sound <laughs> fun. Um, if anything, I feel like it depends who did the breakup. Like, if somebody more awkward and you broke up with someone to see them afterwards, than you've seen the person that broke up with you. Because you're just going like, oh, I'm sad that we're not together anymore. As if you did the the dumping... It's a bit like, uh-oh, I upset yeah, that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to go up to them because it's not going to be a good reaction, is it? Yeah, it's like, hi, remember when I broke your heart last week? Like, <laughs> <it's> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Do, like, do you
1: fancy getting dinner anyway? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, it's not going to work.
0: Um, but Thebes is still upstairs chatting to Stumpy McCharming. That's what I've decided to call him because nice we never find out his name. I was torn between Charming McStumpy um, and I wasn't sure, but I eventually oh. started on Stumpy McCharming yeah, I like because that. I feel like Charming is the, the main reason. So that can be his surname. Such is the naming logic of the show. Monica's hair looks dreadful in this scene
1: yeah I was noticing like she's got like kind of over the the next two episodes like a shorter haircut but it's not like a pixie cut it's how it's styled and clipped in and stuff
0: it looks like three separate haircuts and they couldn't decide which one to do it with so they kind of got halfway through each one or a third of the way through one I guess and went that'll do and like it, it it doesn't look anything it's a mess well you remember the haircut she had in like the scream films that, that was dreadful yeah, yeah.
1: so who knows maybe, maybe this is around that time
0: yeah I just, it just took me out of the show for a moment I was like at one point when she, when she turns to Chandler to remind him it's Joey's it birthday my brain just went what the hell's on her head <laughs> just, like really absurd uh, but we leave this and join Rachel at her new job remember that one she took to stop making coffee Mark yes well she's making coffee <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so we were, well, we saw that at the end of the uh, the last episode, right? We did. Uh,
0: but I guess that's her job
1: now, is just making coffee for other
0: people. Just in a different room for different people. Um, but it's okay. Her boss has noticed that she wants to work closer to the fashion industry, and he's got a task for her that fixed the bill. And it's uh,
1: detangling an entire
0: closet full of This hangers. is
1: This is low-key very funny, because it's just a complete mess of tangled-up metal hangers. But clearly, you know, it would have been easy just to put them on the floor or hang them all up or whatever. But the way it's designed, you can clearly be like someone's opened the door and just thrown it in. And it's just created this almost like art
0: art piece. Yeah, I feel like you couldn't do that accidentally. No. Like someone at the set department had to spend like Well, no, you couldn't do doing. it
1: properly. You, you had to do it accidentally,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. like it's just intense. Um, but what's the most mind-numbing task you've ever had to do at a job, Mark?
1: Uh, there's probably quite a few be honest. Like I have had to make tea for people. Uh pro tip, if someone ever asks you at a job like a boss asks you to make them tea, do it badly. You won't be asked ever again.
0: See, I may have told this story before, but I'll tell it again. Um I was late for nearly every single shift when I worked for a game retailer in the UK. But I like tea and make a lot of tea, so every time I was late for a shift I would just head in dodge the boss, go upstairs, put the kettle on, make her a cup of tea, and then bring it downstairs and go, cup of tea, boss. And she'd be like, oh, thanks, Ryan. Yeah, carry on, you know, enjoy the day. And I must have got away with this for about 18 months constantly. And then someone else was late and got a beast in. And I I was also late because we'd got to work at the same time. I had made tea. I didn't get told off. They got beasted on the shop floor. They went, Perrault's late every goddamn day, but you never notice because he makes your tea. And then it was rumbled and it, oh, it was no good. So,
1: oh, poor, poor form. She was like, what? <laughs>
0: you could see on that face that she had no idea but didn't want to admit that you know, she'd been hoodwinked. But.
1: No, we, we've all done terrible jobs, right? There's, there's always going to be roles or things you have to do where you don't want to do it, but it has to just be done. Yeah. So like, yeah, the, you know, these coat hangers do have to be untangled. Whoever did it in the first
0: place is, should be the one doing that.
1: Yeah. Uh, but, you know, at least it's not her whole job, right? She's not every day just turning up to do that, right?
0: No, exactly. I mean, is
1: it closer to fashion than coffee? Yes. So her boss didn't lie. Oh, I hope she, she's better at untangling coat hangers than she's making coffee. Maybe that's why he's got her to do it. The coffee's terrible. Yeah, we'll just
0: fire it. Like, no, 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 don't fire it. We can, we can get rid of the coat hangers.
1: But, but what a waste of a closet just shoving coat hangers in there.
0: Yeah, weird. I think the most monumental thing I ever had to do was bagging and boarding comic books at the comic book store.
1: Sounds like your, your dream evening.
0: I mean, I don't do it to my own collection, so it was even worse <laughs> doing it to someone else's. But it was just dull because it was, you know, it's put in the board, in the bag, put the yeah. comic in, cut the cellar tape, put the cellar tape on, put the pro. <sighs> like, I would, it would take me hours to do like a, the simplest, like the smallest amount. So I'd just get bored. I was just going, like, come on, customers, someone come in so I can talk to you <laughs> yeah. to distract me from this task. And then. Yeah. That, I hate it. It was dull. Yeah, But you get gotta get paid, don't you? Yep. Gotta do it. Um but on lunch at Rachel pops to the diner to vent to Monica when a stranger seems amused by Rachel's plight. I don't
2: mind paying my dues. You know, it's just how much am I gonna learn about fashion by walking Myra, the arthritic
4: seamstress, to the bathroom. <laughs> Hi. Is my misery amusing to you?
2: I'm sorry, I I was just uh it's not funny this is actually my job no believe me I've I've been there I had to sort mannequin heads at that mannequins plus Oh, well then so I'm uh, I'm just gonna go back to talking to my friend here you can go back to enjoying your little hamburger uh just uh, one other thing yes I uh I work at Bloomingdale's and I might know of a job possibility if
1: you're if you're interested Do you want my pickle? <laughs> okay. Rachel's quite dismissive of him. She's very passive aggressive, but I kind of get it. You know, it's just some some
0: guy buttoning in. It yeah, was a random stranger getting involved in, in your conversation. Like, yeah. sometimes mean, you hear
1: things though, and like it it tickles you, I guess.
0: It does. Well, I mean, Americans tend to be quite gregarious in general. In Britain, this this would be such a no-no. Like, do not involve yourself in someone else's conversation. Yeah. Just, uh, just uh,
1: be, yeah. Americans love to chat and get involved, which is. Can be fun.
0: Yeah, I mean I don't think in England you would you would direct it like if someone gilled or something you and I had said in public, we wouldn't even address the fact that it had happened. We just look at him and go, rude eavesdropping tut and that'll be it.
1: At the same time, Rachel should have picked up when he's like, Oh, you know, I had to like mess with mannequin heads at mannequin plus. Uh she could have easily been like, Oh, so what is it you do now? And
0: it could have been a great conversation. Maybe.
1: Eventually it gets there.
0: Gets there, it does. I mean, we know who this mystery man is, Mark, because we've got the, you know the fortune of having seen all the episodes before. Foresight. Yeah. <laughs> now, I don't want to be cynical and assume that Mark is only being kind to Rachel because he wants to sleep with her. <laughs> so I'll, Yeah, so I'll let you do that, Mark. you can be cynical. <laughs> I'm going to be... You know, You're going to be Rachel. I'm going to be naive, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hang on, hang on. You need to get into character first. You need to uh, get your breasts
0: on, get your dress on. Yeah, like, maybe very cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just... It's one of those things where people just say men aren't nice to women for any other reason then
1: well we're gonna we're gonna get into this later on in the episode because they basically say what you're saying right? yeah uh no i i think mark is just being nice in this situation like she's sat down he's not going oh pretty lady he's just like thanks tickled him over what she's saying that he can relate to uh and he's like well look you know i know a job opening you know he's he's just being friendly i think
0: i think it's Fifty-fifty at this point. I think part of him is just being friendly and, you know, nice um, and the story has kind of, you know, touched him. I guess he relates to Rachel's story but at the same time I don't feel like he'd have made the offer if he wasn't attracted to her.
1: I guess you could look at this two ways. Like if it, if it was a, a bloke then perhaps not because he'd be like, mm, you know, I don't really know them. You know, maybe I'd like to get to know her more. The other side of it is that it's actually because she is attractive. Not that he's attracted to her but generally, it's being, someone being attractive, they do get more things happen to them. Yes. Yeah, uh, c- certainly, like, in job interviews, like, that's why you dress up and look nice. Like, you're going to hire the more attractive person than the slobby person, right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, potentially, it might just be that he's not actually attracted going, wow, you know, I could get her on a date by, you know, getting her a job. He might just be like, she's very pretty and, you know, it's just a s- subconscious thing he doesn't realise.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think I've ever offered anyone a job. Because they were good looking.
1: No, but subconsciously, you would definitely act differently to people and how they are.
0: Well, I guess most recently, I got our mutual friend Chris a job at a Disney store many years ago. And he's not pretty. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you also uh, got him the job because you had like a shared
0: interest where you just clicked, right? Yeah, we just. It's, I guess if we're going to take the non-cynical stance, we had, a, we had a conversation about a shared interest at work. And I was like, oh, you should come work here because you'd be great. Yeah. He did. End of story.
1: Um, whereas you know someone else who'd come along and you know maybe had shared the same passion but not in the right way with you wouldn't have worked
0: no true um and recently i referred a friend of the show jess to the same company i work at and that doesn't count because i used to fancy her and no so. no <laughs> so i guess yeah that i'm i, I can be s- safe in my uh naive yeah, lad.
1: i i don't think he's done this to get a date it's a long-winded way to do it we also find out he's already dating someone anyway we do i i do think he's just probably trying to be nice probably backpedaling a little bit from her passive aggressiveness of like oh try and be nice to her because she's been quite aggressive and yeah. also it might just be that because she's quite attractive subconsciously he's been more helpful
0: it is quite sad as a society that we we just kind of look at it and go oh it's sexually motivated because it, yeah. it would be nice to live in a world where we just assume positive intent and everyone's just being kind. Because it, you know, it's nice to be mm. kind, as you know. I sound like a preschool teacher, but it is. Certainly, certainly I've had that where people are like, I, oh, you know, why are you holding doors
1: open for people? And it's like, because I'm being nice. Like, I don't want the door to slam in their face. Yeah. Not, not because there's any attractiveness or because they're a woman or anything.
0: Yeah, 99% of the nice things I do are because my mama told me to. Like yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> exactly. That's how I was raised. There's no motivation behind it other than that's what mum said you have to do
1: and certainly i've had americans go oh mark you're you're so nice and polite and kind you know it's cuz you're british isn't it it's like no it's just that's my personality to so, you know hold doors open or or offer you things or whatever not because I'm British.
0: Yeah, if they want the British version of that, it's you hold the door open for one person and then like 19 people walk to the door <laughs> yeah. and you're standing there and it's that pretend small you've got to do the entire time. And yeah, you're welcome, you're welcome, yeah. you're welcome. <laughs> 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 at the end of the parade of people, you're like, I'm yeah. never doing that again. Yeah. And of course you do 10 minutes later, but yeah. yeah, That'd be the British version of that. That would be. Um, but now it's night time. We're at Joey's party at the boys' apartment. Gunfer is there, which is nice. It's always nice to see Gump it around is, about. It is. You know, you forget he's got a lower body sometimes. Because he, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he does. <laughs> he's enjoying the party. Uh, Chandler has been drowning his sorrows in jello shots all evening, and now he's drunk. I really wanted to clip this, Mark, because I love drunk Chandler. Yep. But it would roll into the next clip, making it about four minutes long. So would just have to remember how funny drunk Chandler is for now.
1: Yeah, you, I kind of was thinking at this point, how much of this is acting, how much of it is a little bit of truth? Because this is around about the time where Matthew Perry is starting to potentially get his his drug addiction issues and stuff like that. Um, he acts it very well, because acting drunk is actually a really difficult thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he does a good job. So I was like, maybe they've given him, you know, a little bit of something to to help spice him up a bit.
0: Uh, well, I mean, not that I want Matthew Perry to have addiction issues or oh. substance use issues, but if, if he did, I hope he was as a fun drunk as Chandler is, because, you know, some people get emotional drunks and some people are aggressive drunks. Channeler's like a chipper drunk. They're the best kind yeah. of drunk.
1: Because there's the whole story of uh, Kelsey Grammer in Frasier, where they'd be like, before, like you said, roll on set, like he was out of his mind, he was like drunk, he was all sorts of things, and then you'd be like, action. And all of a sudden, he's, he becomes Mr. Charming Frasier, and you're like, I wonder how much of like, him drinking kind of like, affected his performance in, in a positive way of like being Mr. Charming Frasier. Yeah,
0: fair. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, it's it's it is quite interesting because he he does act it very well. Um, I did like the way that that Joey says like you know the the pure vodka. And I'm like, can Jello shots be pure vodka? Because
0: surely there's got to be other stuff mixed well, in. Well, there's got to be some Jello in yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I assume he meant that he didn't water down that. You know, he didn't yeah, make yeah. the Jello normally and then add vodka to it. He just made it all using vodka don't know if that would work. I don't yeah, know yeah, if alcohol sets yeah. in the same yeah, way. That's what I, was thinking. I mean, we'll have to try and make some jello shots, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Special bonus podcast. Yeah, we'll do a Patreon episode where it's just us taking jello shots yeah. after every clip. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, but then Rachel joins the party and she's got some news for us.
2: most unbelievable thing happened to me today. Hi. Hi. So, I'm having lunch at Monica's, and this guy starts talking to me, and it turns out he works for a buyer at Bloomingdale's, and there happens to be an opening in his department. So, I gave him my phone number, and he's going to
4: call me this weekend to see if he can get me an interview. Wow. Well. I know. <laughs> what, so this guy's helping you for no apparent reason? Uh-huh. <laughs> and he's, uh, he's a total stranger? Yeah. His name is, um... Mark something. Huh. Sounds like Mark something wants to have some sex. (laughs) What? I'm I'm just saying, I mean, why else would he just, you know, swoop in out of nowhere for no reason? To be nice? (laughs) Hey, Joey, uh, are men ever nice to strange women for no reason? No, only for sex. Thank you. (laughs) So did uh, did you tell Mark something about me?
2: I didn't have to because I was wearing my I Heart Ross sandwich board
4: and ringing my bell.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> Joy Joy Joy
4: your
3: hey! <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. How many of that girl are you seeing?
1: <laughs> so, this going to be my joke. My joke. It's a bit where uh, Ross says to to Joey, you know, do do strange men often help like women? Other uh, like kindness is like no, only for sex. Like, I, just his tone of voice. I love it when it's like serious, jury. It's like he does it when he's acting sometimes, where it's like, I'm heroic, jury, yeah. And, and <laughs> I really love that. That's like such a great line, great moment,
0: yeah. It's just like so confidently delivered, like, yeah. no, just for sex. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm an expert on this. I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. tell you with zero doubt in my mind. <laughs> yeah. It's just about the sex, yeah.
1: yeah. doesn't even think about it, right? Uh, ignoring everything we've, we've said previously, like, there probably is some truth to this. Like, do strange men, uh, offer help to women for any other reason and you know i like to think that lots of people do it because they're they're kind right it it depends uh at the same time i think there's probably a lot of truth in what they're saying like yeah men and probably women as well do do things for sex
0: i think you kind of hit the nail on the head when you said it's probably like a subconscious thing of like there's an attraction there but it's not overt, and that's ultimately why he's offered the help yeah um i don't think he's looked at it and calculated like Attractivity, work in proximity, get sex. No, like- <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. like,
1: you know, if you see uh, a, you know, a woman with a suitcase struggling on the stairs, you're like, hey, I'm going to help you. And that's not you thinking, hey, this could be a great way to get her into my bedroom later on, is it? Yeah, exactly. It's you, it's you doing out the kindness of your heart. If it was a man struggling, though, you probably would just be like, no, I'm not going to. And it and it probably isn't that you're not thinking about not sleeping with him. It's probably, I don't want to, like, demasculate him or anything you know, because he's a man. I don't want to be like, hey, hi there. I uh, do. You need some help
0: from me? Because probably not going to get the same response. I mean, I would offer help. I think either way. Um But I guess yeah, if they want it, they want. I mean, I guess. You're more likely, I guess, stereotypically, that if you offer a woman help with the same situation, she's more likely to say yes than a man would because of yes. stupid male pride. Like, no, I will struggle. Yes, like, exactly. you know, when the cliche of men taking the shopping in from the car, like, we will do all of the bags in one go <laughs> yes. no matter how difficult of a struggle it is because we're not taking more than one, one trip whereas, you know, women are sensible and women might go, no, I'll take half the bags now and half the bags in a yep. minute. Um, but is Ross correct in this instance? I'm going to say yes, but is Ross also being an insecure and a right idiot? Also yes.
1: Yeah, like, you know, he might be doing it to be nice and I think ultimately he probably is, but I think Ross is also potentially right as well. Like there's always suspicion, like why does I guess the suspicion is why is someone you don't know doing something to help you? Like what are they getting out of it? Uh, whether it is a man helping a woman or a woman helping a man, whatever, like what's the angle of help? And sometimes the angle could be actually, you know, the help they're offering doesn't change anything for them really anyway it's like is it you know it's not taking them out their their way that far
0: yeah they're not like throwing themselves on a puddle so they can someone can walk over it
1: no exactly like and in this situation all he's done is gone hey there's a job opening uh do you want me to pass your cv on cool i'm doing saying that and people do like to help as well yeah uh certainly like you know people in any situation if they can help and feel like they've done good that's like a positivity thing just for them
0: yeah, if people feel like they've, been a, they've helped someone and, you know, made a positive impact, yeah. that will increase their mood all day. Yes. If you do a nice thing in the morning and feel someone's grateful for it, yeah. you'll be like, oh, I'm really nice and cool, <laughs> oh, I did a good yeah. thing all day long. Um, but I find this is an odd one, though, in terms of Ross, because I don't bring up my partner, I don't bring up to people when I've just met them, unless it's somehow relevant to the conversation, um <laughs> so, so you,
1: you've never been up to it because uh sorry i've got a girlfriend yeah you know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, like no. I, I i you know we've all seen the meme of you know probably women doing this where they're like sorry i've got a boyfriend whenever someone wants to talk to them
0: yeah it's like you're actually uh your laces untied yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I often in on you <laughs> exactly <and> like, <laughs> so uh, much.
1: but yeah you you generally don't it it's not part of the conversation is it
0: no and i think the situation's a tad too early in my book for ross to be acting this way
1: yeah, exactly. Like, I get it. You know, Strangers offered him offered her help. And yes, there might be alternative motives there. But at this point, he hasn't really done that much. He's just gone. You know, same way Joey did it for Rachel. He was like, hey, my dad's uh, you know, doing a job somewhere and there's a job opening. Do you want me to get it for you? No one accused Joey of trying to sleep with Rachel. Yeah,
0: and if anyone was going to be sexually motivated, it would be Joey. <laughs> yes, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a tough one. Um, I, I kind of get it. And we'll go more into that in a little bit. But uh, it's time for an advert break so we can escape a little bit of Ross's neuroticism.
1: What's that? Majestically cresting the horizon as it makes its way into port. Why, it's the brand new HyperX Armada monitors, mounts, and arms. Both the HyperX Armada 25 and 27 gaming monitors come bundled with a sturdy HyperX Armada mount and arm. If you need every split second of advantage when gaming, the Full HD Armada 25 and its 240Hz refresh rate are for you. If you like to soak in the graphical majesty of your gaming, you'll be eyeing the Quad HD Armada 27 with an 165Hz refresh rate. Set sale for HyperX.com or Amazon.com to start making your Display Armada.
2: Previously on Chat of the Wild. Dude, did anyone kid all the bugs for
1: Agatha?
3: <laughs>
4: No, no, I meant to, and I even had a bug that I, like, could have given back to her, and I forgot.
1: That bug is well, don't forever. go in
0: there if if you do, and then not give it to her. I know she can <laughs> smell it on you. She knows. I know you have. Bugs. I know you're holding out on me.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I can smell it. <laughs> Did anyone get um, all the pose? No. No. no God no.
0: Chat of the Wild, breaking down Zelda and Zelda-like games, one dungeon at a time. Wednesdays, on the HyperX Podcast Network.
1: Hello fans! As part of the HyperX Podcast Network, we're letting you know that this year is HyperX's 20th birthday. To celebrate, they're offering some great deals on their award-winning gaming gear. If you're in the market for a new headset, a new microphone, blue light blocking eyewear, or any number of other high-quality HyperX products, Head on over to HyperX20.com to check out all the birthday deals. Once again, check out HyperX's 20th birthday sale over at HyperX. That's 2 zero.com. In a world
2: with too many comic book podcasts and not enough deep dives into your favourite superheroes, one podcast stands as a shining beacon in a world of pain and darkness yeah yeah darkness yeah lots of darkness bunch of dark stuff superhero stuff you should know that's us andrew why are you talking like that i'm the movie voice guy now i'm the new movie voice guy and it's time for you to listen to superhero stuff you should know
1: Uh, so we have, like, unused concept art, unmade scripts, unmade superhero movies, all check us out at Superhero Stuff You Should Know.
0: Ben, you should do a movie voice guy
1: voice. Guy voice. Uh, I would, but I think we're out of time. Superhero Stuff You Should Know, part of the HyperX Podcast Network.
2: Part of the HyperX Podcast
1: Network. I just said that.
0: Welcome back. Um, so at the end of that clip, we heard Joey's gaggle of sisters arrive, and they all pretty much look the same, <laughs> as yep. Drug Channel noticed. Uh, and now the name of the episode suddenly makes sense. It does. It, I have a, a feeling that this casting call would have been fantastic. And it's just like we need to find a, as many vaguely Italian-American Jersey Brooklyn-esque uh, yeah. women <laughs> yes. that we can. just to, It just must have been great. Like, I remember they had so much fun on set.
1: They basically went, we need Janice, but more of her.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we need a Janice type <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> multiple times. Um, I, we mentioned later on, but I love at this and this they all enter the apartment and one of Joey's sisters called Cookie starts chatting to Phoebe about what drink she's making. And she's like, oh, I made myself one of those after I shot my husband. And Phoebe's like, oh, I don't know how to talk to you. Yeah. And I always find that really weird, because I'm like...
1: I like that phrase, because there has been many times, uh, especially with what I do for work, where I, you know, I go to like fan conventions, and you meet all sorts of people. And there are people where I'm like, I don't know how to respond to that. And I just have the way she just comes out of it, like, yeah, uh, you've said something. Like, how do you respond to something like that?
0: I mean... Most people, I assume, would be like, uh, and stutter and walk away. But I've been like, Phoebe's quirky enough where to me, that should really be a conversation starter for Phoebe. Like, she's not a violent or aggressive person. No, but-,
1: but like, where does she begin? Like, you know, is she in- interested, intrigued, or is she scared? Like, we- we've all met people, where you're like, oh, I like talking to them, but they are intense and scary, and I don't know how they're reacting to me.
0: That's fair. So I get it. Maybe because I'm super open as a person, so I kind of relate to Cookie. Uh, Joey's sister in this regard.
1: He's <laughs> <It's> shooting people.
0: <laughs> Not shooting people, but like I would just like, I'll start conversations with people I better know about all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Um, like Jess came into work the other week, and one of my colleagues was like helped, helped out, and then they caught me like the back of the store, and we're like, Ryan, is that your sister? And I was like, <laughs> No, that's the lesbian. <laughs> that's my ex. And then he was like, oh, What? And then he didn't know any of that story, yeah. but he was like, He really flustered, and I was like are you okay? And he's like, yeah, sorry, it was just a really weird way for you to phrase it. Like (laughs) I didn't know any of the context of this story at all. And suddenly you've just like hit me with two big pieces of information that I don't know how to respond. And I was like, okay, so I get it. Like sometimes I I don't realize the impact what I'm saying is going to have on someone and just say it. And they're like, um, but yeah, so I really, you have a conversation. Why'd you shoot your husband? That'd be my first question.
1: Yeah. But you don't know if you want to ask someone, it's like, you know, going up to a mob boss and like asking about his business sort of thing. Like she she's just told that she shot her husband like maybe you don't want to go down that route because it could go a a dodgy way
0: she brought it up like don't start a conversation you don't want to have because i'm gonna have questions
1: like we're definitely going to talk about this later on uh because gina is also there
0: she is but she's not gina from joey she's not
1: now uh we'll get into that a little bit later on in the episode
0: oh i mean it's a tenuous link but i like that you've just brought up the mafia and then mentioned joey gina who was of course in the sopranos yeah like it all comes full circle it does um, but a trio of Tribbiani sisters are chatting to Chandler.
3: What you doing?
2: I'm taking my ex-girlfriend off my speed dialer. Aww. No, 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 it's a good thing. Why must we dial so speedily anyway? Why must we rush through life? Why can't we savour the precious moments? Those are some huge breasts you have. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Yeah.
4: So, um... I heard about this uh, Mark guy that uh, Rachel met today. Oh,
2: yeah. Isn't that great? <laughs> oh, yeah.
4: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, pretty pretty good. He sounds like a nice, good guy. Oh,
2: he is, and he is so dreamy. I mean, you know what? When he left, I actually used the phrase, Hamana, Hamana, Hamana. That's
3: excellent.
0: <laughs> well, I couldn't leave drunk Chandler out forever. We had to get some of him yeah, in there. Yeah, definitely. But he's a very, you know, say what he's thinking drunk, which I like. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> There's some a huge breasts you have. Just, <laughs> <laughs> I've never been quite that drunk, but... Yeah. You've, you've definitely thought it, right? Yeah, I've never said it. <laughs> like, I've probably actually been much drunker than that, but at least it's not been it appropriate. Probably, it was probably obvious from the way you were looking. No, I think I would assume I'm quite subtle, sort of, as a person. <laughs> yeah, using your peripherals. <laughs> <laughs> um, but damn it, Ross, in theory... I can see where Ross is coming from. He's finally with the girl of his dreams. After all these years of longing, thinking it would never happen, it has. And especially given the coward history, he's obviously going to have some insecurity. But just trust Rachel. Like, if you do have the wig, at least talk to her about it.
1: Yeah, like, we already know Ross is very neurotic about things. And it's coming out massively here. But I, I feel like everyone has been in this situation where you do feel just insecure for different reasons. And... Ross has never been, you know, the the Joey type. No, you know, he's all he's only ever been with like Carol before, um, and you know he's he's always longed for Rachel and has always been like a better guy there for Rachel. And certainly in the build up to this relationship, there's always been a Paolo or a Paolo or whatever else, right? Yes, or a cat. Or there's always something in the way.
0: I mean, in as much as my life seems to like to parallel Ross, um, I, I get it. Like I, I you know. I mean, not to the insane extent that that Ross did, but obviously after Jess and I broke up, and I, I would date people, and it was it never really felt serious. I was never really, you know, I was like, so I didn't have this issue, and I was like, ah, oh, no, fair enough. And then I started dating someone I did suddenly care about, and then suddenly realized, hang on, these these feelings are feelings, feelings, and then it was a bit like, oh my god, like why why is this like it's gonna it's gonna go wrong? And I did feel a bit weird, but
1: this, this is the problem with society at the moment, though, where. You kind of have to hide these feelings because if you do do a Ross, it's not an attractive personality trait. No. And you're right, like you probably should talk about it. But again, that's kind of an awkward and difficult thing to, to bring up. But it's going to be far better than doing it the Ross way, which is coming out and saying it out loud neurotically.
0: Yeah, well, I guess Ross kind of beats around the bush and we'll see some more of that later in the episode. But from my perspective, which is a case of right, Ryan, you're pretty open. Just talk to her about it because it, she's going to understand. Like, if yeah. and if she doesn't, well, then she's not the person you think she is, and whatever. So I did. And I had the openness conversation. It was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm being an idiot. And now it's just a case of you know when it would come up, and I'd be like, um, oh, my brain's been stupid, and she would just be like, okay, no worries, like you know.
1: But but certainly, like we we learn as we we grow up from like our environment and what happens to us. And for Ross, like he's constantly been you know, put down by women or been, in some ways, I guess, lied to, like, you know, he's been told, you know, we'll be married together forever. And then all of a sudden, that was a lie. Yeah. In a sense, like a lie is probably like the wrong word for that situation. But, you know, he he's, you know, through, through his environment grown up to learn that, yeah, people will tell you things and say it's all fine and okay. And it's not. And that's where he's getting this from.
0: I wish I could take Russ to one side at this point of the episode and be like, look, Russ, all this takes is a bit of self-reflection because I would I would have insecure moments and it, it's mostly about taking a step back from it and trying to work out where's this coming from? Like, yes. is it a, a genuine thing you feel based on behaviours people are demonstrating and therefore valid? Or are you just scared? And nine times out of ten, you are just like, no, I'm just freaking out because of what happened to me. Like, this this isn't... Because people are like, oh, do you not trust me or do you not trust her? Do you not trust Rachel? And it's like, well... That's what you need to work out. Do you not trust the person or are you just scared? Yeah, ba- based on previous experiences,
1: he doesn't trust anyone, yeah. not particularly Rachel. And I think that's the key difference.
0: I don't necessarily think it's not that he doesn't trust her because you can, like I said, it depends where the thoughts are coming from. Yeah. Like if it's, a, if it's an kind of emotional slash intellectual thing of she's going to hurt me in some way that's all fear because it's not based on anything. It's yeah. just an arbitrary fear that you're having based on your past. Whereas if he's got, oh, Rachel did this behaviour or hid me from Mark in some way, but in a way he's actually got evidence, not they've just yeah, met. Yeah. You know, if it's six months down the line and Rachel still hasn't told him that she's got a boyfriend, you might like, okay, well, how have I not come up in six months?
1: Well, yeah, like if there's phone calls from Mark and, you know, she's hiding them and I'm like, oh, no, it is uh, Jane. It's just Jane calling, don't worry, you know and he finds it's mark then yeah, there's...
0: Yeah, because if there's, to, believe. to me, if there's behaviour that would affect your trust, that then it's a trust issue. Yes. If it's just you being scared because you've been screwed over in the past, I don't think that's the case of you not trusting them, it's just you're just frightened, and when yeah. people are scared, they do dumb stuff like Ross being an idiot now. Yeah. Uh, but it's the next morning, and speaking of Ross being an idiot, he's still going on about Mark over breakfast at Monica's. Um, Rachel makes a joke about having to take showers with Mark... And it's funny, but you can see that it hits Russ right in the field.
1: I mean, it's, it's tougher. Like she, She's also deflecting with humour, a bit like Chandra, I guess. But when someone's upset, they don't see the funny side of, of stuff like that. So, yeah, I can see why it, it hits him that way.
0: I mean, I understand that Rachel's annoyed, but at the same time, if Rachel just went, look, Russ, I love you, I, I'm not attracted to Mark or Mark's attractive but I want to be with you or just something because she knows that Ross is being an insecure idiot yeah. so all she needs to really do is just gently reassure Ross that things are fine and it will more than likely make Ross feel a million times better
1: I mean we've all seen the meme out there where it's like you know the the guy that um,
0: you should be afraid of or something the guy you're not supposed to worry about yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. so like Ross is in that situation right now uh, but she's not said oh don't worry about him we're just good friends like there's nothing there.
0: Yeah, no, no, nothing's happened. No. Um, but David Schwimmer in this scene is amazing because his little hurt face <laughs> mixed with knowing he asked for it is just perfect. There's yeah. like he can't retort because he knows he's in the in the wrong, but yeah. he just looks so effectively hurt. And I, I just, if I could have a GIF on a T-shirt, <laughs> that's what I'd have. Just this little face because <laughs> just it's something like I need that GIF in my life. Okay, just I think, I think we need to make it possible for you. It's great. I love it. Um, it's perfect. But then Chandler joins the gang. And uh, he's a little bit worse for wear after all those jello shots.
2: Uh, oh. Uh-oh. How are you feeling? Well, my apartment isn't there anymore because I drank it.
4: Where'd you get to? We lost you after you opened up all the presents. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I ended up in the storage room and not alone.
3: Woohooing! <laughs> 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 uh, no woohooing.
2: No woohooing. <laughs> Uh, I fooled around with Joey's sister. Well, that's not the worst part.
3: What is the worst part?
2: I can't remember
0: which sister.
4: <laughs> you see what men do? Don't tell me men are nice. This is men!
0: That is my joke.
4: My joke. My joke.
0: This is men. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just the, like the, the, the energy in the delivery of like, this is men. Yeah. Like Chandler has just validated every concern about Mark and he's 100% correct. Yeah. And it's so well-timed. Like, yeah, it absolutely had me in his stitches. Generalisation, this is men. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's not wrong <laughs> at no, all.
1: No, no, it's, it's very true, I guess. I mean, have you ever fooled around with Ed and Mark and not been able to remember who they were? No. Me neither. No, like I've I've never, I've never got that that drunk that don't remember someone. Um, certainly, you can be like you, you know you forget people's names over time, whatever. But no, like anyone I've been with know who they are. I've never been that drunk. Yeah, like I mean, I guess, and I haven't been with seven very similar-looking sisters either.
0: No, I mean we're nerds, <laughs> so, so maybe <laughs> the is not really arisen that often. But no, you well, know, no, it comes
1: um, down to personality and all sorts of things, right? But like. Yeah, i just never been in that situation.
0: No, I don't know how drunk I'd have to get to fall around with someone in the closet and not remember something more than...
1: Especially when you know it's Joey's sister. Like, you know, it's not just some random stranger who you're never going to see again. Like, you know
0: vaguely who they are. Yeah, like, surely... If, okay, so the seven sisters. You may not be able to know which one it is, but surely you can knock a few out of the running.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's not cookie, for a start.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you'd know. Uh, yeah, I feel like you could you could probably progressive animation get it down to two or three
1: because I noticed that you know jumping ahead a little bit at the end of the episode where all the the sisters are together like looking at Chandler as he's got to figure out which one is which uh, Anne Marie is dressed very differently to any of the others she is yeah. and I think that is for the audience to remember who she is because you see
0: her for split seconds. Yeah, I think it's costume department at its finest. Yes. Like, they're all, even though they're all dressed very similarly, they all have enough of their own personality. Like, Cookie went to the party, looks nothing like the other sisters, no. like, outfit-wise. Um, yeah, and then Mary Angela looks very... She's almost kind of the most innocently dressed and, yes. like, softest there. And it, just to make us feel like, oh, look what a taboo thing Chandler's done, because, you know, yep. you've got to play up to the feels. But um, well, the gang are warning Chandler that Joey's going to kill him. Um, turns out he also kissed Monica and got overly friendly with Rachel, Phoebes and Ross. This is a very drunk channel. <laughs> it, it is. You
1: know, I do like the way kind of Monica just passes it off, you know, quite easily. They're like, yeah, you, uh, you kissed me. It wasn't like, you kissed me, Chanda, like, I'm upset. It was just, you, this is a thing you did, and I'm just going kind of to try and ignore it.
0: Yeah, it's, it, it, I guess it's all based on the, the level of relationship you've got with the person. Yeah. Because if we were just out and about, and someone randomly kissed a random stranger, that's entirely unacceptable. And technically, kissing someone without any form of consent is unacceptable as well. But if I got blind drunk and kissed a friend,
1: you just yeah, you just write it off as yeah, they drunk, they didn't
0: mean it in that way, they just
1: been. You like, get sorry. off my face, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: exactly right. <laughs> but look, but I mean, I guess it helps that my friends aren't as attractive as the caster friends, so it's <laughs> no. probably less of an issue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're ugly. I can't kiss you. I'm drunk. Like I'm not that drunk, Mark. <laughs> no. Come back in four points. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but Joey arrives and he wants to talk to Chandler. Can
4: I talk to you for a second? (laughs) Hey, Julie. (laughs) Come on. Why can't we
2: talk in here? With witnesses. I just got off the phone with my
4: sister. Uh, Which which one? Mary Angela. Mary Angela. Yeah. No, which one is she again? Why don't you ask Chandler? Because he's the one who fooled around with her.
2: She told me you said you could really fall for her. Now, is that true? Or are you just getting over Janice by groping my sister? It's got to be the first one. Really?
4: That's great! You and my sister sitting in a tree.
0: Yep, I'm in a tree. Well, that wasn't the reaction from Joey we were probably expecting.
1: No, I really like the the start of this. Where it was like, I need to talk to you.
0: And they're like, oh, no, this is serious. Yeah. But I think it's moments like this that remind us why the Friends fan base loved Joey so much and constantly and consistently give him the title of the best of the Friends. Yep. Because it's such a... It's perfectly Joey. Like, he's looking out for his sister, but he's also not, not open enough to his friends to be like, this could be something awesome and amazing. Whereas I don't know, I'd have the same reaction. I was,
1: I was going to ask you, like, if one of your friends was, you know, fooling around with one of your sisters, would you be like, hey, that's great. You know, you two be together and it's happy. Like, I kind of feel you wouldn't want your friends and family to mix that way because it's an awkward dynamic, potentially.
0: I mean, growing up, one of my mates had a big crush on my sister. Um, but it was, they were so incompatible that it wasn't even remotely conceivable as an idea. Yeah. So it Cutmers very quickly became a joke. Um, you know, like, they come around and be like, is your sister in? And i am like, shut up. Like it just, <laughs> it, it wasn't something I actually had to worry about. Yeah. Um, but I don't know what my action would be if, if it did. Um, but, yeah, my sister's not into nerds, so, <laughs> so <laughs> it's not something I have to worry about. But I, I'd like to think I'd handle it like Joey. But, again, Joey comes in straight away. We always talk about communication when we're putting apart the comedy in Friends and how just talking about it would, you know, ruin the show but resolve the issue and so immediately what Joey does here he's like right this has gone on I want to address it directly and depending on what you tell me depends on how we're going to go and he's like oh look at Joey being mature and sensible yeah. and a well-rounded person like bravo Joey
1: yeah definitely
0: Rachel comes home um, but Mark hasn't called uh, Phoebes and Stumpy McCharming have got back from their date how do we know this Mark because uh, there have been
1: a a little bit vocal.
0: You can hear them through the floor. Yep. Uh, they can hear everything. Everything. And it's gross. And the girls run out of the apartment.
1: Have you ever been in that situation?
0: No, I don't think so. If I do, good, I don't, good, good, good for you. I don't. Do you mean people hearing me or me hearing them? Are you hearing them? No. Good for you. I mean, it would be awkward and uncomfortable. Like,
1: like it it sounds funny at first, doesn't it? Where you're like, oh, you know, we can have a laugh at them or, you know, we can bang on the door or whatever. But like, actually, like, oh, no, actually, it's kind of gross.
0: I I did have a gathering at my house once um, when I was a teenager and a friend of mine and his girlfriend, I think she was, a girlie was the I don't know if they were together, disappeared uh, to my bedroom all of a sudden. (laughs) And I was like, "Mm mm-mm. Like no, none, no, none like, of my comic no, books. No. <laughs> well, being telling you, my main thought was someone else isn't having sex in my bed before I have. <laughs> and I was like, "What am I gonna?" Do? So I just marched upstairs, knocked the door, and opened it, and they were making it out on my bed. And I was like, you spill any semen on them sheets and you're washing them. And I just deliberately <laughs> ruined the mood. Um, and my friend was absolutely furious at me the next day. He was so angry. And I was like, I, I,
1: I think that is a great way to, uh, to stop that.
0: Yeah, I was like, "I don't care. Like, I didn't even apologize. I'm like, nope, you, were, you didn't ask. Like, At no point did you say "Like, Ryan can of take her upstairs. You disappeared yeah. into my bedroom, in my family home. Even
1: ignoring any of what they were potentially going to do. Like, imagine if I was like, hey, I'm just going to go into your room and just be in here and, you know, eat food. Like yeah. it's, it's just weird. Like you, it's inappropriate. There's certain rooms in the house where, you know, you don't
0: go into unless invited into. Yeah, it's just it's just disrespectful. Yeah. Um, I did once, um, how to phrase this on a podcast.
1: It's PG rated.
0: Yeah, I once kissed a girl on a friend's sofa. Right, um, and she was furious, and she had every single right to, to be so. I am, but then I didn't try and defend myself. I just apologised. Well, that,
1: that, that's like public displays of affection again, isn't it? Where you know potentially there's a time and a place for it, and if you're in on someone's sofa in the middle of the room, like where can they go?
0: Well, I mean to to avoid it. I was trying to be delicate. Yes, I know. I know. <laughs> but yeah, she was very upset that it had happened on us over and I don't blame her because, you know, that's the living room where she sits after work and wants to relax and doesn't want to think, Oh, Ryan's butt was on. So, yeah, <laughs>
1: you know, it's, it's the same way. It's almost, a, you know, another analogy is like smokers, isn't it? You know, you, you don't get up on the table in a bar and start peeing everywhere. Like when smokers are just at the, the bar with you smoking. Yeah. Do you like there There's a time and a place for, for certain things. Uh, and yeah,
0: it's, it's, it's awkward.
1: Yes. Even though it sounds like it could be funny. like It sounds funny at first, but then the more it goes on, the more you don't want to hear it.
0: Exactly. I would definitely leave the apartment in, in the girl's case. Especially because you can't really be mad at them. Because they're not in your house. No. They're upstairs and it just you, you happen to be able to overhear.
1: I don't, I don't know what's worse. Is hearing that or being like in a hotel and hearing just like loud music come on at 2am? Because you know what's happening, even though all you can hear is the music.
0: A party? No. No. You don't know what's happening in there, Mark. You,
1: You do. If music just suddenly comes on at 2am loudly, you know what's happening. But,
0: uh, now I feel bad. I've never put music on in a hotel at 2am when that's been happening. Yeah. I'm just, I'm <laughs> normally, I'm surprised that's happening and I'm like, we're not doing anything that could stop this. <laughs> and 20 seconds later... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then the music goes on. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, yeah, I would definitely leave the apartment too. Uh, we then find Ross reading a breakup note that Chandler has written for Mary-Angela. Uh, rush out to him and tells him he needs to do it in person which is entirely true it's cowardly to ditch someone over text or a note Mm,
1: yeah i get it at the same time sometimes writing stuff down is better for you
0: i mean i'm more fine with you you know writing down what you want to say to you know formulate (laughs) your words but you should still deliver the news verbally face to face
1: perhaps it depends how people are going to react like we just discussed in a previous episode of like you know dumping someone at a restaurant or whatever for for safety reasons sometimes it's just better to have your thoughts written down there so they can be read uh without being interrupted or things you know the conversation changing off the key point sort of thing uh i i get again i don't think it's cowardly to do uh, talking to someone probably is the better way to do it. But I totally understand why writing stuff down and giving it to them that way to let them digest it and stuff might be the preferred way.
0: But would you ask a girl out by passing her a note? Not 12. Exactly. So like, to me, it's the same but, but that's a,
1: Yeah, no, I don't think it is. I, I think breaking up with someone is far more complicated than asking someone out. Like you go, do you want to go out with me? Yes or no? Like that's, that's the thing. Breaking up with them, you've got to explain why. Uh, you feel that way, um, and they're obviously not going to agree with that.
0: I mean, it's tough, and obviously, if you feel unsafe at doing it, I'm not going to suggest that you know you're a coward for feeling unsafe if you're in an abusive relationship or anything like that. So, with the extreme circumstances taken out, and we're just talking about general, you know, polite society circumstances, I think you should. Uh, a girl broke it off with me once over text, uh, and I was more upset at the principle of the thing than it being over. I was. I, I, I get
1: that. At the same time, sometimes people find it easier to talk via text i guess because there's like a bit of a separation there
0: yeah i mean i had been dating her for a couple of months and i feel like at that time she knew me well enough to know that you know she could say anything and i'm not gonna there's no she's in no danger and no. to me it just felt like it was but like easier a- for her to do it that way and to me that was i mean i mean it can be looked
1: at as the lazy way right but you could also look at it as like you've you've met people off dating apps, where they're an abs- absolute delight when you chat with them on the app, and then you meet them face to face and they're a bore. I mean, and they're, they're just better at talking via via text.
0: So. I guess in my mind it would depend how long it's been. Like if you've been on one date and you don't want to see them again, like yeah, I'm not saying you need to arrange a second date to tell them there won't be a <laughs> third one. That would be a waste of time. But if it's been long enough for. Uh, but you are romantic. You like the traditional ways. I just think it's a respect thing. I feel like if you're. If I'm going to upset somebody and cause them any potential distress, I feel like I owe them to do it face to face. Where, you know, know, it just seems like a respectful thing to do to me. Even it's not easy. Like breaking up with no. someone or the time you don't want to see them is really difficult to do because you know you're going to upset them. But I feel like if you're if you're owning the fact that you're going to upset them, you owe it to them to do it in person and have any conversation they need to have afterwards. Yeah. Whereas yeah, you know, and plus, it to me, it puts across a more genuine like reason. Like if I'm explaining it to you, you can see that I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm not trying to upset you or any of the kind of weird things you might think if i just randomly drop you a text and go, yeah this is done
1: <laughs> yeah i get that
0: the, to me words in a text would be hollow whereas if you actually say them to me and uh, i'm not going to like what i'm being told at least i appreciate it yep but that's just me maybe i'm old-fashioned
1: there you go ladies don't dump ryan in text face-to-face only nando's preferred
0: yeah buy me chicken <laughs> that, will, that will happily suffer the bloke you buy me food and a beer and then dump me i'm like sold <laughs> In fact, that's how, if you from, from now on, listen, if we have a date and you want to dump me, I expect beer and chicken before you do so. Actually, no, I go to beer and chicken a lot. That'd be dreadful. Every time I go out, I'll be like, yeah. is this the time? Am I going to get dumped over this chicken wing? Uh, yeah, but you know, yeah, I, would, I would not send a text. I would definitely want to do it face to face, and I'd appreciate someone doing it face to face. And I honestly think most people would. Yeah, definitely. But let us know, listeners, if uh, if you've been dumped by... Is it Agony? Agony podcast now. If you've been dumped over the phone or by text or email or pager, we'll go old school, let us know. Fax machine. That'd be awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's it <slowly> <laughs> <laughs> You are what? You are what? I don't want to... you in no. a paper. No! <laughs> <laughs> you're never going to know that you're single. No. Yeah. Yep. But Chandler knocks the door at Joey's and Joey answers after a little freak out but I'll be honest with you for quite a good recovery especially for Chandler he's not really good at thinking on his feet but he recovers quickly here
1: well no because he's he's concerned at this point because he's going to knock on the door and be like is Mary Angela there and he's got like a a one in is it seven chance Uh, to to not pick her answering the door right yeah he does not expect Joey to answer in some ways that's better yeah like that's the best. That 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 in fact, no, that is the best. Because you know, if Joey answers, is Mary Angela
0: here, please? Yeah, can you send Mary Angela out to yes. see me? Yeah. Um obviously this this plan does not go well because Joey invites Chandler in and Mary Angela is in the next room. But so are all the sisters. Yes. It's pretty Chandler, he can't catch a break. He can't no. Janice in the mattress king, and then he falls around with a clone, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> and now they're all together. Um but we're back at Central Park. It's fourteen minutes and twenty-seven seconds into the episode mark, and we've only just gone to the coffee shop.
1: That's a long time.
0: Yeah, there has to be one of the longest runs of an episode before we get inside Central Perk.
1: Oh, that could be a, a, a rabbit hole we could go down one day.
0: Someone out there will know. Yeah, there will be someone probably. Like, Actually, Ryan, in season seven, episode four, it takes fourteen minutes and twenty blah 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 seconds, <laughs> and we end. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> oh, in this episode, we don't go there entirely, and it's like, but yeah, there'll be someone out there nerdier than us called
1: uh, called Ryan Power.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, Rachel uh, is bummed out that Mark didn't call. Ross isn't. Uh, He tries to comfort Rachel, but he's clearly full of it. Um, When Monica has the bright idea that Rachel should just call Mark, it turns out that Mark gave Rachel his home phone number. Okay, Mark, I'm joining you and Ross on the sex theory a little bit.
1: Mm, I wouldn't be at this point. Like, Remember, this is the time when people didn't have mobile phones, really uh he might have had a pager perhaps probably not uh he's might not have a work phone
0: like do you have a work phone number but this is precisely why i am jumping onto the the cynical theory because he doesn't have a mobile phone now everyone uses a mobile constantly and it's the primary mode of communication whether you've got two phones or a dual sim set up whatever
1: but back in the mid 90s your home phone number would be your main phone number
0: but his office will have a phone number, so he should have given... In If he no, was being not, nice and kind, to me it would have been give her the professional number because it's a professional role, mm, not a personal number for a professional role. That's I, a conflict of interest. I
1: probably wouldn't. I'd probably give the, the personal number. The reason being because, one, if he doesn't have a number there, you're just going to get put through to a switchboard, and he might not have access to phones. Like, the, every job I've ever worked in, I've never had an access to a phone. Like I've never had a... Uh, what's, what's the the bit you dial after the number, there's like... The a, extension. The extension, yeah. I've never had like an extension or anything. So you get put through to a receptionist and they'll be like, hi, I want to speak to random employee and like, who? Um, and also he wants to kind of uh, guide her on this because he's like, he's, he's being helpful. He's like, look, I'll get you potentially the interview, but I'm also going to tell you the things to say and do to help you. So I can see why he's giving like a personal number out. Like, no. yeah I think I think in nowadays you'd give a mobile number out
0: it, nowadays you would because but it, his home
1: it, phone number, as I said would be his main number back in those days so, so I think that's fine
0: and I me it crosses. it makes me suspicious there's like a, there's a there's a professional world and there's a personal world, and then Mark is intermingling the two because it's the nineties and he would have a office number so why would he Because he works at a giant fashion company in the middle of New York he's going to have a i mean it turns out there isn't there is a phone in the office exactly
1: but that's just you assuming. Like you're just assuming that because he works somewhere, he has a number. Like he might not.
0: It's a giant company, know. but he definitely has a number. Like the odds of him not having an extension at his desk in a giant off fashion company in the middle of New York, like if he didn't, that company's not staying around for long.
1: Yeah, well, I, I don't, I don't know.
0: But it makes me suspicious. So I'm kind, I'm kind of with Ross now. To be fair. Um,
1: well, you do relate to Ross a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess unfortunately. <laughs> Why couldn't I be a Joey? Um, but Rachel picks up the phone. Mark was busy being adorable. Helping his niece with her homework.
1: <laughs> yeah, Ross doesn't believe this either.
0: <laughs> no, he doesn't. Um, I uh, do.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, you know, people, you know, he's offered to help. You know, he's not sitting by the phone waiting to call her, is he? He's like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll do it at some point. He's like, oh, I forgot your number. I was going to go back to the office, which is always weird. They do this a lot in Friends where they just go back to the office random times to fix things. I will not go back to work after I left. i wait till the morning. Yeah, I'm like, I'm done. Mainly because it'd probably be shut. Uh... But yeah, like he's, you know, he's just doing something. He forgot the number. He was going to go and get it later, probably on his way back home.
0: Yeah. Done. Fine. But uh, Rachel got the interview. The girls are excited. Ross isn't. No. That enthusiasm died pretty quick. Ross, well, blame Monica for that one, right? Yep. Um, Rachel leaves all excited. And Ross now shouts at Monica as she completely schools him on his nonsense. I mean, fair, he had it coming. I mean, given how close. These two are, though. I mean, you know, Monica and Ross. You'd think that he would have explained himself. Uh, but then I figured, maybe Ross hasn't realised his own subconscious fears. I mean, oh, uh, we're going Roger again. But like, maybe he kind of he hasn't had that self-reflection yet, and he needs Monica schooling him to, yeah, to think Ma- about Monica it. Yeah, Monica
1: knows what's going on.
0: Yeah. Um, but back at Joey's, and it's family meal time, and Chandler is still trying to work out which sister he kissed. Um, Joey's grandma interrupts a few attempts of Chandler's to directly engage Mary Angela in conversation. Um, when one of the sisters tells Shanna to excuse himself and meet her in the other room.
1: Well, before we get to that clip, you've got to love the bit where he's like, would you please just tell me the recipe for, for this food? It's so delicious. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, like, no,
0: it comes to me to the grave. And it's like...
1: Like, yeah, it is annoying when you, you're asking someone and someone else interrupts for them and, you know, you're like, no, I wanted to talk to them. that's the point of me bringing up their name.
0: I really like the idea of family recipes. There's something quaint and charming about them.
1: Well, before we get into, I guess, the rest of this, the whole family is a bit odd. So, like, yeah, the the family recipe stuff is quite nice and everything, and all having a meal together. Joey doesn't kind of... In some ways, he does fit in with the sisters. In some ways, he doesn't. It's just a weird family because, you know, there's eight of them. Okay, that's weird to start with. Yeah. Uh, There's seven, like, sisters and, and one boy. Weird. Dynamic. But, yeah, it doesn't feel like that Joey's part of this family, especially as they all dress the same. Yeah, I guess. And they don't feel like a Joey. Like, Joey, when you see him with his mum and his dad, that makes sense. But then you see like all the sisters, and you're like, I can't see how this family works. I didn't really
0: go that deep on it, to be fair. But now I think about it, I kind of get what you mean. There's a different dynamic between Joey and the girls all seem like they be one big group. Yeah. And then Joey's the outlier by himself. Or you might have,
1: you know, different sisters together or whatever. But yeah, Joey seems to be you know, the the head, almost like the king with his, like, seven sisters below him sort of thing. I mean... And, and he, he, you know, clearly loves them and, you know, they're family to him. But, yeah, he doesn't feel kind of like he's that close to them.
0: I mean, being the only boy, I imagine he might be, like, grandma's favourite. Yeah. Um, especially given, like, the time and kind of... Especially with his grandma being, you know, Italian heritage and they tend to kind of put, like, the men as the figurehead type thing. So yeah. I imagine it's, you know, the girls are probably like, oh, yeah, Joey's the favourite always. So, yeah, I imagine that would kind of distance them a little bit.
1: But you certainly think of, like, Joey's mum and dad, and then look at the sisters, and you're like, oh, some of this doesn't quite match up. Yeah, I kind of get yeah. that, yeah. Should we play our next clip? Yeah, that's what I was waiting oh, for. Oh, OK,
2: well, there we go, <laughs> Hey, f- finally, I thought we'd never be alone. Can I just tell you something? I have not stopped thinking about you since the party. mm, mm. Look, I may have jumped the gun here. No, Uh, uh <clears throat> I just got out of a relationship, and I'm not really in a, in a commitment kind of place. So me neither. God, Mary Angela was right. You do have the softest lips. Oh. <laughs> you're not Mary Angela? No, I'm married to Reese. This is so bad. <laughs> if, if you're not Mary Angela, then, uh, then who is? I am. Oh, it's so bad. Joey! No, Joey! No, Joey! No, Joey! Joey! What's going on? You're it. Now run and hide. It's no big deal. Chandler was just kissing me because he thought I was Mary Angela. What? How could you do that? How could you think she was Mary Angela? I wasn't sure which one Mary Angela was. Look, I'm sorry, okay? I was really drunk, and you guys all look really similar.
3: I say punch him, Joey. Yeah! Yeah! Get down! You know
2: what? We should all calm down because, you know, your brother's not going to punch me. I yeah. Well, that is usually what I would do, but I just never thought you'd be on the receiving end of it. How could you do this? Joey, if you want to punch me, go ahead. I deserve it. But I just want you to know that I would never soberly hurt you or your family. You're my best friend. I would never do anything like this ever again.
4: So what? I say punch him. Yeah, punch him. Oh, oh,
3: yeah. No,
4: no. I'm not
2: gonna punch Chandler. I'll do it. No, you won't. <laughs> hey. Look, he knows he did a terrible thing, and I believe him. He's sorry. But you got one more apology to make, all right? You got to apologize to Mary Angela. Okay, absolutely. All you right. Got it. <laughs> Cookie,
1: now you can punch her What?
0: Cookie's got quite the arm She does, yeah
1: uh, You definitely wouldn't want to uh, mess with her, would you?
0: No, I mean, she did shoot her husband Yes
1: <laughs> yeah. um, Can we have more of her, please? Yeah, I, I quite like this kind of like weird dynamic uh, All the sisters are kind of like feisty Yeah uh, it's quite. It's kind of interesting. Although, perhaps giving them different names would have helped Chandler.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like Mary Angela, and Mary therese yeah. Also, why does no one seem to care that Mary therese is kissing Chandler? Like, it's like she gets a free pass because yeah. she's part of the family. And like, oh, it's okay for her to kiss uh, Mary Angela's man. You know, I was going to say
1: like, you know, good, good for Chandler getting with uh, a couple of different sisters. But yeah, there is clearly something weird going on there. Yeah, because uh, they must be aware of what Chandler did. Like Joey must have said something. Um, Of why Chandler is now joining them and stuff. And it's, yeah, she's like, you know, I've been thinking about you the whole time. It's like, one, why didn't you do anything at the party? Two, why didn't you let him know afterwards? And three, you probably must know about your sister.
0: And yet you're still doing this quite publicly. She does, because she says that Mary Angela was right about his lips. Yeah. Um, And it's like, okay, so you're just going to completely cross that line then. Well, even if she's like, oh, look, I'm not interested in Chandler. It's probably still a little bit odd, maybe. Yeah, although you kind of get the sense that she is because of the conversation she had with Joey about Chandler saying he could fall for her. So Mm. clearly Mary Angel is invested and she's taken the time to talk to her sister Mary-Therese about Chandler. So I feel like... Well, no,
1: he says that he could fall for her.
0: Yeah, but she's still told Mary-Therese about Chandler's lips. So she's had a conversation with her sister about the man she kissed her by. In a positive
1: light, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. so I feel
0: like there's some investment there and Mary-Therese is like, screw that, I'm going to kiss him as well. Yeah. Which is like, if anyone should be in trouble, it should be her.
1: Yeah. Like, you know, he all he did was forget a name. Uh, he says he won't ever hurt the family again soberly, yeah. <laughs> which I do quite like. like. Being drunk is never
0: an excuse for, for anything. Um, but yeah, like, you're right. Like, they probably should have said to her, like, what are you doing? You're yeah, like, why were you? I mean, maybe that's a family conversation for afterwards. Yeah, Maybe Cookie punches her sister after this. Yeah. And I, I do like the way Chandler is like, he
1: is afraid of Joey. He's like, you're not going to, like, Hit me? Are you like he is concerned because he's like, yeah, Joey might punch me.
0: Well, I mean, Joey's not a small guy to be fair. No, uh, but also it's. I think it's the justifiable reaction. Like, obviously we don't condone violence, but at the same time, it's the nineties and it's a brother defending his sisters. Like, if if this happened between like you know you and my sister, for instance, most people would be like, yeah, punch your mark in the face is pretty justifiable.
1: Uh, yeah. At the same time, I wouldn't be like Ryan, please don't punch me. Like <laughs> I might be like, yeah, he's probably gonna punch me, but I wouldn't be
0: afraid of you doing it that's because you know i can't punch <laughs>
1: <laughs> just kick to the groin kick to the yeah. groin <laughs> it's like,
0: well i wouldn't normally punch you but i can't throw punches so yeah. i'm just gonna headbutt you instead
1: <laughs> uh. <laughs> no it'd probably end up in a slap fight wouldn't it between yeah. us <laughs> just pulling each of us there yeah
0: uh, but yeah so it i just like how we get a great like fist to camera shot and yep. then nice nice cartoony flack sound and then Chandler's unconscious
1: yeah, well-deserved. Well, maybe not quite deserved. He was drunk. He, he, didn't, he didn't do anything that bad. He forgot, and he tried to make amends. He tried to find out who she was to see where that could go. Well, I guess in the, it's not really the right time. No. But I think he might, he might have changed his mind.
0: I mean, naomi has got a black eye, so he's not going to yeah. have to worry about it too much. Debts are settled. He's all good. Um, it also works as a great scene transition. Yeah. Um, Rachel leaves her interview, and Ross is there waiting for her, which... He's got, a, he's got a flower. Yeah, This is really creepy and concerning, depending on which way you look at it. Like you,
1: if she'd said, look, my infuse at 12, I'll be out by one, I'd be like, cool, I'll meet you afterwards for lunch, see how you got on, fine.
0: Yeah, but she's clearly surprised to see him, so he's gone there off his own back. And to me this is really, really toxic because Ross is now taking time out of his day to kind of pop over and, you know, make sure he's there so nothing happens. And there's being insecure and a bit worried and then there's going this far.
1: Well, this is Ross, isn't it? Like we've seen him before where he, you know, hides notes with phone numbers on and doesn't tell Rachel that certain people have called and, you know, does things with Paolo and it's like, oh, you know... He he has been like this the whole time so far. And you're right, it is toxic. It's, it's very stalkerish and controlling. It is. Uh, and yeah, it could clearly snowball out of here where he's basically telling her who she can hang out with, where she can go.
0: Mm-hmm. Very so, controlling, potentially. Yeah. Um, although in fairness to Ross, he does apologise to Rachel um, and it actually seems like he means it. So I feel like maybe his motivation in going was problematic.
1: I mean, I mean, you could look at it on in... in both flights, right, where he's like, look, I'm trying to do a nice thing here. I'm going to meet her after her interview and, you know, make sure she's okay. Take her out to lunch and, you know, be positive. Be a good boyfriend. Yep. But, you know, like deep down, the reason he's there isn't that. It's to make sure that she's not with Mark.
0: Yeah, I'd like to give Ross the benefit of the doubt, but given his behavior for the rest of the episode, that, that's really difficult to do. Yeah. Yep. Um, Mark interrupts this conversation and tells Rachel she got the job. Uh, Rachel hugs Mark, and it seems like Russ isn't as over the jealousy as he thought.
1: No, like for me, it wouldn't be a concern. Like she's going to do a job with this guy and okay, they might get close in the job, but you know, she's not going to be left alone in, in a broom closet with him. Like they're going to be doing work. Like you can't, can't be like, oh, well, she's going to see Mark today. It's like, yeah, they're going to be working together. Yeah, it, it, if anything's what... going to happen, it's going to happen outside of work.
0: I mean, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Like at the end of the day, it's one of those things where, you know, you can't control someone into not falling for somebody else. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, like, do you want to be the kind of person that would stop someone seeing their friend? Exactly. Because, I mean, again, in future seasons, we'll have the whole Rachel, Emily, Ross triangle. Yep. And while you can understand where Emily's coming from when she doesn't want Ross to see Rachel, at the same time, I don't think anyone, especially nowadays, would be like, yeah, that's an acceptable thing to do it's acceptable to say I can't do this if you're still friends with Rachel and that's a fair explanation of how you feel but trying to like no you can't do it. it is toxic to me and I, would, I wouldn't want to be that. plus why would you want to be with someone that you've controlled to be there
1: yeah I, I don't understand that
0: like I'm I'm probably neurotic enough at times to think that I'm going to lose someone to someone else but at the same time I'm even more neurotic to the point where I'm like well if that happens fine because I don't want them to be here unless they want to be
1: yeah that's because you're a normal person
0: I guess. I saw it as an erotic thing, but yeah, maybe that's just normal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but now everyone is back at Monica's, and she asks Phoebes how her date went, and they let Phoebe know that they could hear everything. No, Phoebe handles it quite well. Um, she's not overly embarrassed or, you know, flustered. No. But she tells the gang that she really likes Stumpy McCharming. Uh, but then we hear him upstairs charming another woman. It starts off a bit
1: weird. It sounds like he is jumping on the bed alone. Euphemism, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You know, and as as Ross goes, oh, you know, maybe he's on a pogo stick. (laughs) He really likes it. And then, yeah, he really likes it. And then you hear another noise from, you know, a higher pitched person. Uh, And it's like, maybe the the pogo stick also enjoys it. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, it it starts out one way. You're like, oh, you can hear too much of him alone in his apartment, and no, there is someone else there. Yeah.
0: Um, But. The guys head upstairs to kick his butt. They get there, bang on the door. You hear a conversation and turns out Stumpy McCharming charms the guys as well. I want to
1: know how he did it. Like, it's just like such a quick turnaround from them going like, you know, what are you doing? Like, you can hear it in the the noises. Like, you know, what are you doing? Like, Phoebe's downstairs. And he says, and then they go, ah.
0: I mean, I imagine Mm. he's probably just honest and goes, yeah, I like Phoebe. We went on one date. We're not exclusive. I'm seeing this person too. Like. You know, I, I assumed it was understood, you know, guys want a beer, sports on. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah, maybe, uh, yeah. maybe
1: that's what they did. Maybe it was like, oh, guys, you know, I've got, a, I've got some pizzas here, some beers that are, are getting warm. Yeah, you want to watch the football? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'll, I'll be here with the Like, who knows, right?
0: I uh, mean, they're upset in principle because Phoebe's upset, but then technically, you, you, we don't know. There's not enough context for their Phoebe and Stompy's relationship for us to understand if no. Stompy's actually doing anything wrong.
1: No, and I, I kind of hate... These kind of things like you you see it on like the news where, you know, man was murdered because woman told some other man to go and attack him for some reason. And it's like, right boss sort of thing. Like, I'm just going to take what you said and just just do it. So like, you know, whilst they're being good friends, at the same time, like they probably shouldn't really be going up there getting involved because just because of Phoebe saying something or them hearing
0: something going on. Yeah, I mean, because what are they actually going to do? Like, are they going to kick the door in and kick his ass while he's naked? Like, that's not a positive or productive yeah, this thing to just do. just
1: because, you know, he's with some other woman. Like, we don't, like, they don't know what's going on. He might have gone, oh, yeah, I said to Phoebe this was a one-time only thing, or I've, I've messaged her and said, like, you know, I'm not interested or whatever, right? Um, so the fact that like, she's like, hey, guys, you know, I'm upset. And they've gone, we'll go and do something to fix that.
0: Yeah, like, I I wouldn't judge Phoebe at all for being upset. Like, she seems to, like, this guy and the idea of him, you know, not being into her the same way. You know, Phoebe's monogamous, he's fine. Like, yeah, fine, if he was upset. But is kicking the dude's butt uh, a fair response? No. 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 And uh, that's that's the end of our episode. It's quite a good one. It's a very good one, isn't it? I mean, I would would like to see more of all of Joey's sisters, to be fair.
1: Yeah, we don't get enough. We get, you know, one or two later on. Uh, But, yeah, they could... This is the thing with with us going through friends like this, is that there's so much more they could have done. Uh, especially in later seasons with with characters that come up just once. Yeah. You know, I'd like to have seen, you know, more of Doctor Green, more of Joey's sisters. Like there's so many different dynamics they could have done. Uh just to to spice things up later on. Yeah. Uh which would've been interesting. So yeah, it would have been nice to see, like, you know, Joey, you know, with his family a bit more, what he gets up to, like, how he interacts with Because he doesn't really ever talk about his sisters. No. And he's young enough where you'd be like, oh, he should be hanging out with them a bit more often, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, you think, like, birthdays and stuff, you'd, you know, they pop yeah. up more than... I mean, and mostly, most people don't hang out with their friends and their family at the same time when they're adults. Like, mm. I wouldn't meet you guys for a meal and be like, my nan's here. Um, <laughs> yeah. that, you know, there's just the different dynamics, I guess. But at the same time, you'd maybe assume that one of his sisters who are all close to his age might be it Monica's just, yeah. oh yeah, my sister's coming over. Or, yeah, it's, it is weird that we don't see them more often, but if they don't suit the uh, purpose of the episode, we don't yeah. get to see them.
1: No, we have, we have some classic lines, and it's in some ways great to be back on the whole Rachel-Ross-Rocky relationship again. Uh, it, it gets tiring when they're arguing, but when it's like this, it's, it's entertaining, I guess.
0: It is. I mean, I guess the thing that annoys me in this is that it's all, it's all in theory at the moment in Ross's head. Um, so instead of it being like a oh it's an actual relationship concern it's just Ross being Ross
1: yeah and I I like you know he's concerned over Mark and you're like 50-50 on it you're like well no Ross you shouldn't be concerned about Mark at all he's just random bloke who just happened to help but actually maybe there is something there
0: yeah it it may be a, a male pride thing I don't know but it's like do you trust Rachel yes but it's not necessarily about trusting Rachel it's a respect thing of they're in a relationship and Mark disrespecting that yeah that would annoy me as a person like if I was you know like if someone was hitting on my girlfriend I'd be like I would expect you to you know put him in his place essentially of like well I'm with Ryan so this ain't happening and then end off but at this point doesn't seem like Rachel has had no need to tell Mark to be in his place because he's not stepped out of it yet no the Russ is just you know overreacting too soon
1: and we do certainly get some great lines, especially about us men. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, as, as relatable then as it is now.
0: Yeah, true. <laughs> it's been, what, 20 years? And it's just like, this, this is men. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, we, we don't always, you know, we always fall short of our, our goals sometimes, yeah. I guess. Yeah, it's a, it's a good episode. And it's definitely one that I never tire of watching. No. Um, you know, if you're looking through the TV and Friends pops up, I'll watch any episode.
1: Yeah, Chandler being drunk you know trying to figure out the sister thing like I I think that's probably like the classic episode same with like Frasier where it's the kind of the misunderstanding and trying to figure out how to correct it and they generally don't
0: yeah can't go wrong with a farce comedy gold I guess that wraps us up for another week it does well it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from me as well